0: Hi, this is Doug Bear with Splunk. I've got to tell you, the Big Data Beard Podcast, with a name like that, how can you not listen? Can't wait to tune in.
1: You're listening to the Big Data Beard. Hey, this is Corey Minton. We are now streaming live. The Big Data Beard Podcast team is at SplunkConf 2017 in beautiful Washington, D.C., and we are joined by our first guest, Simon Yep. Simon, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Corey. Thanks a lot for having me.
1: All right, so Simon, we've also got a few folks joining us in the uh, in the sesh. If you're watching on the camera, uh, sorry for the angle. The booth is quite awkward for setting up a camera. Uh, but anyways, uh, we've got a few folks you can see joining us. Rob, Howe. Rob how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Awesome. And then uh, actually another member of the Big Data Beard team who's not been on the podcast yet, not done any recording with us yet, is Alex Rodriguez. Alex, how you doing, bud?
2: Good, good. How you guys doing?
1: Awesome, man. Okay, so it is, I guess, officially day one, right? They called yesterday day zero, I think, right?
0: Yeah, last night was the partner soiree. Soiree, soiree that's how you say
1: <laughs> Partner party. Partner party. Partner soiree. Soiree. Yes, yeah. it's a soiree. Event. So, yeah. Day- <laughs> well said, Rob.
0: <laughs> Usually they say it's day one, but I I don't know. Today's like really day one because keynote and all that good stuff. Yeah. And then session. So, yeah. Excellent. we got, what, three more days to go?
1: We do. Three more days. Half. It's a marathon. So, Simon, do us a favor. For the folks who haven't met you before, don't know you, tell us what you do for Splunk and, uh, and, and give us a little background on who you are and what you're up to these days.
0: Happy to. Happy to. So... I run sales engineering for our global partners. Uh, what's what's included in there is America's channel sales engineering. So when we work with partners, with value-added resellers, it's sales engineering for them. Also, our strategic alliances. So when we partner with lovely people like you, uh, someone needs to do the sales engineering work, or you know the technical account uh, management or relationships. So when we build stuff together, which yeah. I think we're going to talk about, <laughs> yeah. um, or if we want to go to market together, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's those types of. Uh, activities at my team support
1: gotcha now you're pretty new at splunk right you've only been there
0: only nine and a half years <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i
0: think we were founded in uh, uh what was it 2006 or five it just depends who you want to yeah. go official by yeah. yeah but yeah i've been doing this for over nine years I-, I love this place yeah um and it's it's actually relationships like this yeah. which are what keep me doing this stuff and of course you know awesome team awesome people yep. um but just a little bit about uh, some of my background mm-hmm. I actually started out at Splunk doing support. So when you would call in, really back in 2008, you'd, you'd get me saying, "Thank you <laughs> yeah. for calling Splunk. May I please have your case number, please?" And uh, yeah, so I would I would literally dig up your case number, yeah. ask ask you what what was broke, <laughs> and go help you out. And then uh, somehow I got into doing consulting for us and worked on some of our largest deployments. Okay, um, you know, spec and hardware, all that type of good stuff. And ever since the first comp, uh, I've been Speaking, doing stuff, and actually kind of turning back a little bit. I got into pre-sales, essentially. Okay. And yeah. so that's how now I do what I do and obviously work with partners.
1: Yeah. So um, you've been to all eight comps?
0: I've spoken.
1: Spoken at, at all eight, eight comps. Whoa. wow That's a big deal. Yeah,
0: that, is a yeah,
1: that deal. was a pretty small... So Doug, when he did the kickoff this morning, <laughs> he had everybody stand up that had been at five plus, and that was a pretty small number. Yeah. I kind of feel like I wish that he'd said, like, who's been to all eight? That would have been a... That's yeah. an elite force right there. So there, there
0: were... I was actually talking to a guy I had lunch with today about it, and he said, "Oh yeah, I went to, I've been all A too." I said, "Yeah, wasn't it wasn't like I think like two two hundred ish, maybe three hundred people total, like everybody." Really? Yeah, it was it was small, but it was great. It was the same type of vibe, which yeah. which is awesome.
1: Well, that's what's been interesting. I think is you know as we've started partnering M C and Smallcav. So this was my this is my fourth conference it's only my third time speaking so I don't think I'll ever catch you <laughs> but I, you've uh, spoken
0: at many other things I'm yeah, sure. yeah 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 so I, I, I would imagine you got me beat
1: <laughs> but it's uh, but it's crazy because as you've seen the number of people that attend this thing grow from 200 eight years ago to now they, they announced they had over like 7100 yes. total. total people here
0: yeah 6,100 uh, customers that's something 50. like that I think, I think a little bit more that's insane. Yeah. It's so crazy. you've seen
1: it grow, but I will say that I don't feel like I don't feel like it's lost its luster. Like it's not lost its cool factor. Like it's still, and that's really impressive for a company to continue to grow like y'all have. Yeah. But maintain that culture and community. Why, what? What is there? Is there like some secret sauce by there?
0: I think, honestly, it, it goes back to why I'm still here. It's, it's yeah. a lot of the people, a lot of the interactions. Like it, I think people like us, we have very similar behaviors and personalities. Really yeah. Good example. Um, last Conf, I think you met. Uh, my friend Deep. Hey, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I we, believe. We, we, ready, ready, we ran into Deep again uh, uh, last night. It was so yeah. I believe the story, well, <laughs> we can talk a little bit about the story. I think. It's, yeah. it's a very good one. So um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Deep Baines, he was on the keynote this morning, Smashing Computers. Yeah. Um, he, I have the fortune of having him on my team, and uh, he was searching around at hotels uh, at the last conference uh, or looking around at hotel rooms because he's walking in the halls, and I guess he stumbled upon your room Yeah, exactly. so the door was open. Yeah. And what were you guys doing? Uh,
1: no, we were, uh, I think we were, uh, it was book we club. We were Deep Thought. It was book club, I yeah, think, yeah, is what yeah, we were doing. Yeah, Deep
0: Thought about book book club, punk <laughs> architecture. We,
1: about were having a, we were having a tiny party, and uh, Deep did come in like a, uh, a veritable tornado hmm? and uh, exactly. took the party from Sounds a level... Hard seven to, to 13, 13. 13 yeah, in an impressive 13. amount of time so yes if you're saying that deep is a like-minded fellow <laughs> who likes to take the party and hype it from seven to 12 then yeah, he, yeah i see that <laughs> i see where you're going
0: well but, but so uh, <laughs> the the cool thing is everybody here is like oh yeah just come hang out yeah, yeah exactly. what, what are you doing who are you and yeah. i think that vibe has been consistent ever, ever since we started like yeah. I, I remember you know, some of the first conferences we, we were in san francisco and you would go down to the The lobby bar, whatever it is, and you'd run into all the salespeople, all the customers, and we'd all be hanging out. And I think. you do find a little bit of that at some conferences still, but mm-hmm. like ours has been very, very much focused on, on the users or the community. Yeah. And I think that's where you find a lot of this networking is, is much Absolutely. different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, from my experience, it's one of the more inclusive communities that I've seen. I mean, compare this to some of the other data conferences. You know, Everybody's a little bit closed, and I'm looking at my own thing, but, man, not here. It's all about sharing and yeah. how I go to market, how I do things, how to get to my data. It's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like to focus on the... It, you know, the three pillars that Doug talked about, you know, customer su- customer success being, like, priority number one. Mm-hmm. I think that ethos is, it, like, it, it manifests clearly <laughs> in pretty much everything yeah. around here. So, that's cool. So, let's dig in with you, Simon. So, one of the things you talked about that you do is uh, you lead the engineering team that works with alliances. Yep. And so our background together. Um, we've been working together for a bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but tell us a little bit about what it means for like a, a global alliance like, like us or any like any other tech provider. Yeah. What does that mean and, and and how do we how do how do how do customers benefit from our working together? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So um, to me this is this is kind of near and dear because as I mentioned earlier, I used to do consulting. I was, you know, the guy on site at one of our largest deployments. And so yeah. I would be helping make Hardware decisions, um, you know which which thing to buy and why. Yep. And so, um, you know, in, in the current role in this whole uh, integration team, as I call it, um, we get the opportunity to to provide guidance to people mm-hmm. on exactly what you should get from Dell EMC. Right. Yep. And so, um, what what was great is we never really had um, what I would call recommendations or solid guidelines and exactly what you should buy from somebody. What, what I mean by that is for years upon years and years, even to this day, we actually don't tell you, um, who to go buy from. Yeah. Like, well, a little bit and we'll, we'll get at that in a second. Um, but we always just tell you buy 8 cores or 12 that's cores right. or 16 cores. That's right. Get 16 yeah. gigs, of, gigs of RAM at least and make sure you have spinny disks of this level. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't care whatever you do as long as it meets, we would say this IOP spec, like 800. and um, That's all we did. Yeah. And so when I'd be at you know said customer, they're like, well, what's the equivalent HP? I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've never done this. Um, and so over the course of, of time and learning and talking to all my uh, fellow consultants or people in support, we we would document like, oh, okay, we want this specific Dell box, or we want this specific EMC device to go do storage. Yep. Um, and so, what's great about having this team is we can go partner with you. Yeah. That's right. Ask you, hey, what what's the good stuff? Okay, maybe what's the right way to configure it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can do maybe a little bit of testing around it so that we understand how it performs and so it does the right things. Yeah. Um, and then that's where we're able to come out with these uh, reference guides. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I think you know. A so, about yeah, absolutely. So we so we announced uh, the ready system um, for Splunk, which is our first. So we've we've had in the past, and as you know, we worked together, as we you know, before the acquisition of EMC by Dell, um, on validating specific storage designs and, and server configurations and 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 you know the like. But now we within Dell EMC they have this the ready solutions business, which is really the. The culmination of all the solutions organizations within Dell and this Ready System is a product of our work together, right? Yeah. It's uh, we work closely with your team um, doing the benchmarking, as you said. And I think for the thing that I like that I've, I hear from customers is that they're they're saying exactly what they said to you guys, which is, "What do I go buy? Like, what's the right thing to go buy?" And now this is we're trying to give them an easy button. So I yes. think the the output of us working together is, is an easy button. Exactly. it's
0: it's easy button, but also. I think some of the, the technologies that you guys have, they, they really are advantageous for some of our customers, like some of the the dupe capabilities, the, the HA uh, or you know DR stuff that's built in. For us, we we don't like to be handling that. We don't like to be involved. We just say, hey, look, go choose whatever you want. And so that's where no. these partnerships are really interesting to me because we bring an overall solution that, that comes packaged because, you know, we don't sell hardware. No. That's right. We need somebody to go tell us or support us and, in these opportunities, but also, you know, it sounds, it sounds kind of, sorry to put it, uh, I mean, not necessarily negative, but when there's an escalation or there's something wrong, like I can go call on you and you'll, you got my back just as I got your back. Absolutely. Which has been awesome.
1: Yeah. No, I think we've, we've seen that a number of times. with customers. It's a high supportability kind of thing, right? That's, that's good. So I'm, I'm curious. I want to pick your brain a little bit about around other things you're seeing in this, this ecosystem. And from (laughs) Alliance's perspective, um, one of the things we've seen a bunch, there's a bunch of sessions going on around, um, Docker. And we even saw some things about new apps last year from like pivotal cloud foundry and yeah. some of that kind of stuff. Are there alliances like new emerging alliances that you guys have adopted that are interesting, you know, outside of the context of Dell AMC, but just yeah. in general, like in this market.
0: So the, the best way to describe it is, is, uh, probably me going into a little bit about the program. And yeah. so we have a technology Alliance program. Mm-hmm. So for all these, you'll see it here in this, uh, Source Pavilion Hall, yep. with all these sponsors. Um, it's to support anybody that wants to be an ISV or, or IHV, and, and we'll go enable you to maybe build a app, build an integration, yep. and maybe it's, at some point, my team getting involved. But the idea is to enable uh, partners to be part of that ecosystem and contribute, mm-hmm. whether it's via hardware or a platform or something like that. And so, right. I think, just over the past handful of years, um, the whole DevOps thing, yeah. like you're now a site reliability engineer, and I, I still tell my brother who does that, I'm like, dude, you're a sysadmin." <laughs> daughter, I mean, not not to be negative, yeah, but right. SRE is a better way to describe it because that really is what you do, yeah. Um, but the functions are very similar. So you think of like containerization, mm-hmm. Docker's. It's like, well, it's very, very useful for certain things. Yeah, I think for Splunk, for w- what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of how we're very persistent and yeah. how it's used, and how it, it's it's very uh, sticky. Yep. It may not be the best like containerized thing yeah, right for now. Yeah, Yeah, it's yeah. not built there right now. But I think for the apps that people deploy, absolutely. Like yeah. that's where that's where people are going. Like I think uh, at a at a partner conference that I went to, they had somebody on stage and they moved everything to containerized. Yeah. I was like, wow. So when you want to relaunch, you basically hit a button and everything spins up brand new. Versus the old way was. Take it down, rebuild it, spin up all your your appy things. Absolutely. So we we're pushing into you know some of those uh, partnerships. Yep. I would say it, it's just a market thing. Like, yeah, Docker certainly. Yeah. We're, we're doing stuff with them.
1: Probably less for like deploying on those kind of technologies because I, I I agree, Splunk is definitely one of those persistent <laughs> kind of things, right? If you're bringing all the data somewhere, right. You but, need the but monitoring of. That's I mean, what. Yeah, that's absolutely. where it's going. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so the monitoring of it is, I think, is the like even we saw on stage Nate was showing how yeah. you know, the integration with like an app development cycle, like hey, when you push when you hit push in CF for this app, what happened downstream in the storage?
0: Yeah, I think I, I think that's where our technology is is getting better at it uh, what I would say. Um, being easier to use in collecting data. So so yeah. back in the day it was just three ways you go collect data. It's file, like logs, mm-hmm. network input or um, some sort of scripty thing that you would you would write, whether Bash or Corn or PowerShell. Yep. And then now it's like, well, you can use this HTTP event collector, so you can just push events to us, mm-hmm. which a lot of these systems out there do right now. Most, I think, the the Dell EMC products, there's like a typical Syslog out or something yeah, like that. Some sort Even an API, of API calls, yeah. so mm-hmm. But I think the way things are going, there there is some method to to push from that API, and our interface is more friendly to that. And then you hear yeah. these IoT type scenarios. And, yeah. Certainly that same collector is good for that. But you have all these other modular inputs, as we call them, which are um, canned ways of putting in data. Mm -hmm. So we might build a mod input for, I don't know, maybe it's all the Dell EMC stuff or or for somebody else. And it's just letting that user specify what's relevant to them, maybe user ID, a password, a passkey. And then data just works. So once we're able to do that, you think of containers. It's like, wow, we've made it easy so
1: that you can understand what's going on. And then, you know, everything else is just typical Splunk, Yeah, So it's funny cuz the, the the DevOps community loves to talk about microservices. But microservices I think most people it kind of freaks them out cuz like there's you still have interdependencies. Like it's not like you're not you're never yeah. moving that. Yeah, that part didn't
0: change. No, it's still there. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: just you've you've containerized it in a different way. You've <laughs> broken it down and decoupled it a bit. But anyways, interesting. Um so I guess from a from an alliance perspective, engineering perspective, how um, like, how does the team? Like, how does your sales team take advantage? Like, do they bring you guys out in customer meetings, or are you behind the scenes fully? Like, what's your mix of customer-facing kind of stuff? I would say, from an alliances perspective, it's a it's
0: a good balance of, or probably majority behind the scenes, like mm-hmm. doing the type of stuff we're we're doing here, where yeah. we want to enable others. The only way we can get scale, and this is something fundamental to to how I've always thought about the alliance or BD type of activity. Mm-hmm. You're always trying to gain leverage. You're always trying to make one-on-one one be three or more or, yeah. or X10 you know, multiples. And so you can't do everything one-to-one, but there are right. cases uh, where you guys probably see it. You need to have that one-on-one interaction because that that's what you own and that's what you need to get done. Yeah. And then everything else, it's, it's scaling it. Yeah. So I think you know, a lot of my engagements, it's figuring out how to scale stuff, yep. um, training internally, Yep. I think you guys do a lot of that as well.
1: A little bit, yeah. Every now and then, <laughs> <laughs> and so.
0: it, it goes crossways too, oh, right? Yeah. Like I think I think we've seen a lot of uh, you ninjas yes, um, right. coming to <laughs> coming through our stuff, yep. and I think um, you know to me that's a beautiful thing because then. I'm building scale, right? Yeah, I'm force um, multiplier. That's right. Well, I'm not the one that has to go answer these things. You guys are totally enabled. And by the way, you're better to talk about storage than I am. Yeah, yeah. I don't have all those answers.
1: <laughs> yeah, these guys may know a thing about storage. <laughs> I don't know. They <laughs> may make, make a living out of it. I don't know. <laughs> it's still a game. It's still a fun game. Storage is still interesting. <laughs> so I guess the other kind of topics I want to pick your brain about. So there's going to there were some announcements this morning on some of the improvements uh, in yes yep. and in performance. Yeah. Like, what does that what does that mean for customers? Like, when you talk about performance, is it regardless of hardware? Is it the the performance is it's bound on some new hardware development? Like, give me a little background on how that.
0: Yeah, so there there are performance improvements in enterprise security and data models and some other items under the hood of Splunk. So, in general, for uh, most customers, I would say they they might notice a little bit if they're using data models, Mm -hmm. um, particularly. Data models outside of that i you know i'm not too familiar with some of the the underhood modifications yeah. but certainly there are some performance improvements yeah for es for sure yeah like, like there, there are some big things that they've done so if you're a customer out there as far as making hardware choices and, and stuff like that um certainly you you can benefit if you have you know really really nice hardware we, we've made some changes in uh not this release but the previous release that allows you to to get more leverage out of a uh what i would say a a more vertically powered box. Okay, and you can still scale horizontally. That that's that still applies for everything. But yep. um, the stuff today, yeah, certainly it's it's uh, it's some noticeable improvements, you know, in data models and, and ES and yep. and some other things under, Yeah, we
1: noticed that there were some new releases of uh, like reference standards for hardware, as you said before. Oh yeah, was like the, yeah. There was the. It used to be just like you had the one base reference hardware server. There yep. was the twelve core, twelve you know, twelve gig RAM box with yeah. twelve hundred IO or whatever. But now you have the mid-range specification, mm-hmm. which goes into more cores, more RAM, and then you've yeah. got the high performance, yeah. which is what you're saying, like the vertically scale. Is that what you're kind of after? Yeah. So,
0: so one of the things that we've kind of had an opportunity to improve on. Okay. <laughs> uh, for years, we would just say, hey, yeah, just 12 cores, 12 gigs, you know, X amount of IOPS. And, and we've had that standard for, I can't tell you how many years, since like I was Doing services and stuff, which is yeah. whatever seven, eight years ago, yeah. and it hasn't really changed. Like maybe we upped it to twelve from eight, but yeah. um, I, I'm sure you know the standard now is what twenty four core boxes, yeah, thirty six.
1: Yeah, that was the funny thing is when we started looking at some of those, we were struggling because we're like, we, I don't even know if we make a box like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> funny people still try to buy those.
1: Things. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, we've had this conversation. We actually, I was, I was talking with. Um, uh, the the guy that runs our VX Rail team, and he was saying that one of the things that our customer like customers asked for, they still want to turn knobs. And he was like, "Oh, we want like a ha- we want to half populate the dims." Exactly. And it's like, wait, why would you? Why would yeah, you why would turn you do that, that knob? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's because people want to. and it's, pretty, and, and it's crazy because they, they have maybe some legacy opinion that they're like, no, we want the box to look exactly like this, not realizing that right. You could probably take advantage of more more hardware. Well, and yeah. so
0: I like I never really understood this until I got into the pre sales side. Like I was always just. Buy the most value-oriented thing. Right. If it's this amount of cores, this amount of gigs, like that's, that's right. what you can afford. That's what you buy now. Yeah. Um, you know, having worked in sales a little bit, you realize that if you have the money, buy the best thing you can possibly buy. Yeah. Because you will save down the road. Yep. H- exactly. And you know the what? What is the? Um, is it Moore's law? Yeah. Moore's yeah.
2: law.
0: You know, so okay. in two years you're, you're going to be outdated. So. Why are you gonna wait to just keep repopulating every year and always be a year behind the curve? Like you want yeah. the best, right? Yep. And if your business relies on it, yeah. Come on, man. Like you, you gotta, you gotta buy good stuff. And so, yeah. yeah, we we updated to. I think we we suggest yeah, twenty four cores, even thirty six is like pretty normal now. Yep. And the more, uh, the more RAM you can get, the better. Yep. Um, funny. Uh, you know, in talking about that, uh, we're actually doing or I'm presenting on uh. Performance, really? Uh, okay, tell o- us about opportunities. Yeah, okay. In Splunk, or observations, I would say. Um, okay. And that's going to be tomorrow at I want to say four four twenty. Okay. Sounds like a magic number.
1: It is. There's um, something that at happens 42, at four twenty. Forty two. Forty two. Strong trust numbers. <laughs> <laughs> this place just got weird.
0: Yeah, I think I, it's room one fifty. I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll, up, we'll divert to the app. It yeah. But so um we'll myself on Twitter.
1: <laughs> yes. So
0: uh, myself and. Uh, Brian Wooden, who runs the partner integration team, Yep. Um, we're going to talk about how indexing and searching, kind of how they work under the hood, but really how hardware impacts the performance. Okay. So if you're searching, well, what really happens to IO and CPU? Yeah. Okay, well, if you're indexing, what really happens to IO and CPU? And it yep. might surprise you really? what actually really happens. And then the different types of searching and then... What can you do? Like, where can you spend your money? Yep. And those guidelines uh, that we've recently released are certainly built around a lot of those guidelines. And, and yep. I have to give a shout out to uh, Dritan Bacinka, who, who he actually built this original presentation. And we've
1: just kind of, we're taking it over. Sweet. Way to go. Yeah. I like that. I like plagiarizing. Plagiarize with pride, bro. <laughs> Just say it with confidence. I always, I but that's one say, thing I, I
2: always say: clone and own. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, <always laughs> say I like it. That sounds like a storage thing or yeah, something. It could that. be. It could be.
1: So, uh, so that's actually interesting. Though. so your session's going in deep into the like the performance profile now. Did you guys, like, is that based on, did y'all collect a bunch of data from existing customers? Is it fully based on, like, just benchmarks in the lab? Like, how did you come up with these recommendations?
0: So this is, you know, again, this is really credit to, to Draton, who, who used to work on my team. Um, he, he had worked in services for years and, and always got questions from, you know, your most uh, challenging customers. Like, well, should I buy this? Well, why is it performed that way? So, you know, him being smart guy, well, I'll just make my own test toolkit and don't get me wrong our, our uh, internal engineering QA performance people they have their own uh, testing framework mm-hmm. but he kind of built his own he joined up with them and so this is a combination of what engineering has built out as far as how to test and, and what he built into it so there's all these uh, ways of actually using Splunk yep. to understand the dynamics of CPU, IO right. um, you know different types of search workloads, concurrency all that good stuff and so there's um, a syslog-like sys- dataset. It's it's quite large. Um, tests are run against that. There are um, different ins- different levels of term insertion. What I mean by that, it sounds really weird. Um, in you know, in your logs or in mm-hmm. your events, yep, you have different things you want to look for. Right. Let's say it's the name Corey. Maybe it's Alex. Maybe it's Rob. Maybe it's Sef. Yep. So there are different Occurrences of those in in levels or amounts, and so when you run these searches at it, it different types, or I should say, when you run the different types of searches, they may show up at different levels, and so a lot of the testing is based around looking at those different types of searches. Mm-hmm. And the way we differentiate it is um, kind of at two extremes. One is your needle in a haystack. So I need to I need to find that one time y'all's logged in a week ago mm-hmm. and decided to visit I don't know whatever special website you wanted to visit. That's that's one. That's like kind of okay. a more rare search. Needle in the haystack. Yeah. Gotcha. Rare. And then there might be something else which is more dense, which could be I want you to count all the different IP addresses that have gone through these systems. Okay. That's a lot of lot of data. We call that a dense search. And then you have something in between, which is, okay, I want to look at all the IP addresses. Yep. But then I only want to find the data that has, let's say it's C mitten in it. But okay. I still want all that stuff. Okay. So that's kind of a sparse search. Yep. So you have these different ranges, and and the performance profiles are very different of each of them. Okay. As you can imagine, we have this indexing technology. It searches. it mm-hmm. Spits back data pretty fast. Um, and what people want is that Google-like experience. Or yeah. Having been a, a working at having worked at their competitor, we like to say search engine. Your yes. favorite search engine. <laughs> it's well like sad. it's like the Kleenex versus tissue. Yeah. yeah you can, exactly. Tissue, do you need? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, So anyhow. I'd uh, like a a Coke, please. Yeah. (laughs) We only serve Pepsi here. (laughs) Which is true. Still a Coke in the South. Yeah. Still a Coke in the South. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is, right? So so those profiles, you know, again, you have this one extreme side of dense. I mean, you want to return as much data as possible to look at it. And then this other side of being very rare, you just need to find that one thing. Right. Um, It takes different uh, resources to go do those. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Without going into super super detail, I'll give a little bit of hint of what, what we're going to, you know, um, come out with, mm-hmm. and and that's your your rare searches are the ones that need to find the needle in a haystack. Those are actually the most I/O bound. Okay. Um, meaning you actually have to go to the disk a lot. Yep. To go find whatever thing you need to find, which right. is probably shouldn't be a surprise. Yep. Um, versus those dense types of searches, which they pull as much back as possible. Right. Um, you would think, wow, that must be even more. Reading, but it's not. No, it's quite the opposite. The reason reason being is that we know where this data lives. Yeah, but we compress it on disk. We need to unpack it. Okay, so it's actually it's actually CPU bound when we do those types of searches. Okay. it's actually oh, not cool. I/O. Yeah,
1: it makes sense. Interesting. I know. Quite quite uh, huh. contradictory, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm guessing that a, like in real life, a customer is neither one nor the other. They're probably a mix of all. Right. Correct. Is that okay? So, so is there, oh, sorry, okay? Keep going. So, um,
0: what? You know, this smart guy Draton, I'm gonna have to send him this podcast so he can hear his name be mentioned. Um, nice. he decided, Well, I'll, I'll create these tests that run the different searches and different amounts and maybe even mix them together so that you can see like what really happens in a, in a system. Because yep. we always tell people, Hey, I can perform this test in an arbitrary way that's, that's very um uh lab like, yep, so I can get profiles of these extremes and even somewhere in the middle, yep, and in theory. If we do this right, it should reflect kind of what you see in, in, in real life, which could be I run a bunch of Neil in a haystack when I want to get on the system. But I'm always running these regular reports because I need to know how everything's working. It's automated. In theory, if you have Splunk doing what you need it to do, it should be really automated and just running stuff all the time. Yep. So you have this mixed bag of uh, load and it's hard to profile because yeah. I think different customers use the product in different ways. Well, That's I know they do. So it might be security, it might be you know IT troubleshooting, it right. might be business analytics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the profiles are very different. And then if you have people that are always on the system running these ad hoc searches, that's where you know you have a, an extremely ver- uh, extremely surprising amount of ad hoc or or very load. Yeah, makes sense. I've seen that recently. in some doing some performance work with a customer of mine, and you know trying to tune, and they get up. And I think I was going to ask you this question: You get yourself into trouble tuning to a specific. Yes. kind of spot, right? Like yeah. I've tuned for this workload to that workload and now I've cratered. Isn't it, the, that's that. the
1: fundamental of like performance engineering though. And then yeah, it's like, yeah. like everything's just moved the bottleneck exactly. from one place to the other. Yeah. yeah. So is there a good way for customers that if, um, like is there a profiling tool that that you can that they can use? I remember used, we used to use something like uh, Splunk on Splunk, but I think that's been deprecated.
0: Yeah, so the, the, the good thing is mm-hmm. you don't need to go Really tune stuff, or or you know profile things, or or, or tweak numbers. Like leave, leave that to services people. There are some things you can tweak. The the big thing to understand, and the whole reason we're doing this presentation, yep. is to educate people, okay. and and help them understand. Here are the ways Splunk is behaving, mm-hmm. and here's what you need to understand about what's going on under the hood, so you can make intelligent decisions as the really really expert Splunk person on right. how I can manage the search workload or indexing workload. Because right. that's, that's really the intent of it, right? Because I, I think about it. Well, if I educated you guys on it, well, what, what's the takeaway? Well, the takeaway for you is really how do I spec a system that's that's right? Exactly. But also you need to understand what they're trying to do.
2: Exactly. Setting and, expectations is so important nowadays, right? I mean, just just getting that expectations out there and getting customers to really, you know, rethink their drink when they're doing this stuff, yeah. right? And I think we got content that we can work on now. On <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple
1: of the session just because I, I mean, yeah, that's the thing is we're always trying to update what we tell the customers because the one thing right. I know we we know is true as you know working with software partners, you know ISVs like yourself yeah. is that customers put a lot of stock in the stuff that you guys say, right? And oh and, yeah, and they they take what you say as performance expectations, recommendations as like the gospel, right? And so you would hope they do, yeah, Sometimes. right? And it's hard, it's hard because we don't want to as as a hardware provider, and, and frankly, even if. Like yeah. even if you put yourself in customer shoes, like architects having arguments with IT operators, like exactly. that's not something we want to do. So yeah. we always try to get to the same, try yeah. to speak from the same, sing from the same hym- yeah. hymnal, like we say in the south. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I'm just saying that's so important. I think I, I think we have our next content. I'm really I'm spinning on what you're saying now and how we could uh, use you know kind of take the the content we shared today in our session and and go to the next level with it, right? Because yep. now we have feedback from you on. The expectations of how Splunk should behave under these work use cases, I guess you could call. Yeah, and and they do them all. That's yeah, the they thing. Yeah, do them all. Yeah. Um, but, we, can, we can do recommendations along with your expectations. Yeah, the software. So,
0: so beautiful thing about the partnership is we we've already figured out. Hey, here's the high performance thing you should buy. And yeah. the reality is, pretty much just kind of like what I started with earlier. Just buy the most expensive thing you can buy. <laughs> I mean, be smart about it. Um, do you need a terabyte of RAM? Maybe not. Yeah.
1: Hundred gigs is really great. Yeah. Sixty is, you know, that's really good too. Yeah. We've got some guardrails. Yeah, right? you, that's. Yeah. I think that's the big thing that so many people need is just like, yeah. Yeah. just get me down the right path. Like that's right. Keep, keep me, a, me
2: a, keep a, me
0: from overcorrecting. Right? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's the problem that we run into, or at least I see people run into. Yeah. Yeah. steer, steer yeah. Well, one way too hard.
2: Yeah, the same thing about, you know, turning off CPUs or not buying a half yeah. field. Yeah. It's the same right. it's the same mindset, right? Just get out of it. Get out get of back it. To the data. Just get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well
0: inspecting it, like, you know, you think of some of these, you know, different rack sizes. It's yeah. like, well, why do you need a four R U if you're only gonna put a handful of drives in it? Like fill that sucker out, man you know? yeah. Like put a bunch of, you know, storage <laughs> in it. Or if you don't want to do that, go single blade. Yeah. Go single blade and you know, you can use these really nice, you know, isolon boxes that, that have tons of, you know, storage capacity and, you know, you guys talk, what, what was the term? Endless cold storage? Yeah, almost bottomless. Almost bottomless. That, that yeah, was it's, term? It's
1: insane. Yeah, it's actually that way. They, they had a hardware release come out recently and so now it's over over 90 petabytes in a single volume, single file system, <laughs> single namespace, which is just...
0: That's ridiculous.
1: You know, now I realize the crazy thing, though, is is that I that would not be enough storage uh, I think for some of your largest scale customers. Like, I, you, you guys yeah. have Customers doing crazy stuff. That's which is yeah. wild.
0: So we have, I think, largest license now that that will uh, tell people is is a few t- a few petabytes. <laughs> so um, if you don't know what petabyte is, it's thousand terabytes. Yeah, which is which is quite a lot.
1: But the but the crazy thing that, that people don't know, that's per day.
0: Yes, this is per day. That's, right. and, that's not like produces, that's exactly. You like total. can only imagine what sort of company is able to produce that type of data. Yeah. yeah. Um, but
1: specifically machine generated yes. data. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they 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 use it. That's so awesome. So what's so what's great is like that uh, that bottomless uh, cold yeah. storage. You can keep adding to it because because I think we all see this today with um, you know the customers we talk to. Mm-hmm. It's security policy has now changed from ninety day retention to whatever, mm-hmm. and then I want these other types of files shifted. Like I don't want them for thirty days anymore. Maybe I want them for seven or you know yeah. who knows. But it's 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 always increasing. Yeah. And then storage. Could, gets a little cheaper. Yeah. So you can just keep adding these things and, you know, as long as you follow the right guidance on the compute and yeah. RAM side, you know, you're, you're pretty good to go.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing. So that's the the concept of decoupling the compute from, uh, decoupling the cold storage from your hot warm and your compute platform yeah. was the whole, the talk there, right? And it's, we're actually seeing that. That's true in Splunk, which is awesome. Because again, you said the requirements. Which, by the way, thanks for stealing my thunder. That's basically ninety percent of my presentation tomorrow. I'm Sorry.
0: Well, now I've queued you up, right? That's right. Well, like, uh, hey, I'm going to te- use this. Teed for- you up. Okay, yeah. Now you can Please knock it still out. come
1: tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Simon told me this is clone right. and own. <laughs> clone and own. That's exactly right. We're using it. Yeah. yeah so, but it's but it's funny because it happens in other parts of um, in uh, in other parts of the kind of big data ecosystem. Like even in the in the the kind of open source kind of Hadoop communities, we've even seen that. You know, the Iceland team was talking about decoupling compute from storage in that context four and a half years ago, yeah, yeah. and it was funny because all the big data conferences now, like uh, Google Cloud and and Amazon and uh, Azure, you know, the Azure Cloud folks, they were all saying decouple compute from storage. It's a brilliant thing. So it's good that the <laughs> the that the general community is finally getting that. I, I think that's a, a consumption
0: thing though, like just the way yeah we're, no, we're all we're all yeah. now reprogrammed. Because um, I I just think back way when I built my own computer, it's like oh no you. Buy all these things together. That's your computer. Yeah. And as you, as scale came into scale came into play, and you you could build these huge systems. Yeah. It was not this one big honkin box. It was honkin box of compute, then honkin box that's of storage, storage. and yeah. that's just because that they may grow out. separately,
1: like you said, as yeah. requirements grow differently. That's done, and that's one of the things that we saw too is. Splunk, I think this, we've heard this from all the folks here and it's a trend that we've heard probably for the last really two and a half years uh-huh. is that Splunk is a legitimate like first class citizen tier one. I mean, even customers call it tier zero application in the enterprise. Yeah. And so having to, uh, so having to have that run on like high end gear that's highly available. It's <laughs> a good idea. People are investing in it now. Let's it's try. crazy. Yeah. So, so uh,
0: funny story and I've actually experienced this, um, you get so used to using Splunk when it's gone, you're, you're in serious pain. And so this yeah. guy was telling me uh, at lunch that they had their Splunk instance working and somehow like it broke. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I, so I couldn't troubleshoot anything. I had to like, go grep like, on all my systems to <laughs> go figure out what broke. Yeah. It was like a, someone decided to replace a certificate on everything with the wrong certificate. So nothing in Splunk would work because it's all secure. Yeah. So wrong certificate, nothing will talk. So he couldn't figure it out because he didn't have Splunk. It was totally down, no data. So what do you do? He uh, gripped. He grabbed. <laughs> he grabbed. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's so then, so, the then he, he, gr- yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then he was like, "Yeah." So I probably should have been splunking that type of activity of like you know config change or yeah. at least having some sort of right. um, process in place. And yeah. I've I've seen that before in, in uh, one of the deployments that I owned. We ran it all in a in a cloud, mm-hmm. and this before like we kind of knew what we were doing. Not Splunk, but like, you know, the, the the team that how we wanted to run it was maybe not super mission critical. Yeah. So it ran in it's one little zone. It had no redundancy. Yeah. So somehow that zone went down and we couldn't troubleshoot or do anything. It was like things are broken, but we don't we can't look at it. Yeah. Well, go to the other Splunk. It's like, well, no, there is no other one. Like it's it, you can't access that that zone or that cloud or whatever. So yeah, yeah you're. What do you do? Toast. You, you don't do anything. You just sit there and <laughs> yeah. you you go home. Cry, <laughs> Cry, yeah.
1: <laughs> Mostly, gets get your resume ready.
0: You go home, or you know, you keep hitting refresh, like hoping, yeah. you, hopefully, the you know whatever the internet's back up. And yeah, yeah. Then and then you realize, okay, yeah, let's let's build in some some redundancy or some somewhere else for
1: right for us to go do this uh, activity, which it's critical. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the there's a I think it's a Gartner analyst that published it first, but he, he had this concept of the hoodies versus the suits in in the enterprise, uh-huh. which is like it is, like, it is so on display here. I mean, funny because you give away hoodies as your, <laughs> as your attendee <laughs> gift. But it's like you think about the people that, you know, and, and I hear a lot of customers talk about how they got started with Splunk. And it was oftentimes, and, it, and it's not every customer, obviously, but a lot of customers, they're exactly what you said, which is, hey, I need to solve this problem. There's this tool that I can download for free called Splunk, and I download it, I solve this little problem. And oh, by the way, Oh, this is pretty cool. Like, I could do a lot of the stuff with it, and then it, it, it kind of goes up, and then all of a sudden the suits, like the, the hoodie dudes, have figured this thing out. Yeah, you got to go to the suits to get the money to buy the thing, the yes. CIO, CTO, whatever, and they go, "What in the heck is this thing?" Oh, well, I solved our, I stopped our, our breach from happening. That right, we stopped a threat, right, with yeah. this thing called Spunk, and they're like, "Do we own that? Should we own that?" And then all of a sudden, you guys are having, you know, these these sales happen, right? And so that, but it's that funny, like the hoodies versus suits things, which is. The hoodies just want the application running to do the solve the problem. Yeah. The suits who you know, oftentimes have the money, they also, they step back and they go, yeah, but how am I going to run this thing like at scale in enterprise aligned to my, uh, you know, my enterprise IT standards? Yeah. And I think that's what you're after, which is that's how you guys as a company kind of changed a bit too, because you've become that tier one kind of premium.
0: You got to treat it like yeah. a first class citizen. Yeah. Like, in, and when we talk about... Uh like deploying on, on virtual environments. Yeah, that's right. Um, like the VX stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you you got to treat it like a first-class citizen. And in those uh, those reference guides or the ready yeah. solutions, you know, we do have specific guidance on, hey, here's how you should configure it. Yeah. And what, what we found people were doing, this was years ago, is they would treat it like a web server. Yeah. yeah. And we tell them, no, it's not a web server. You can't share cores across systems. Like, we're going to yeah. use all of that. And by the way, the IO, no, you can't have it share with your desktop, like nope. whatever system. They're like, well, but... It doesn't say that, it's like, well, because we, we're still learning, we're still
1: figuring this out, yeah. and so
0: um, that guidance and that understanding and, and treating it like like a first-class citizen, it's it's uh, it's
1: very important. It is indeed. Well, dude, it's been awesome. I want to talk, shift gears for just a second. We, we've gone totally Splunk Nerdy, which we got deep into splunk, sparse, dense, and rare searches, which oh, makes yeah. me incredibly happy. Dude, <laughs> by the way, love it. it was, this is awesome. Uh, what do you do for fun? Like, what's your stick what's your what Oh, do you do? yeah, uh,
0: for fun. Many things the, yeah. besides uh, competitive <laughs> foosball. Competitive um, <laughs> Serious about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. No uh, challenges coming I'm from not. No, yeah. nope. We do not have me. a little bit of, uh, a. At, at Splunk, we're kind of car geeks. Yeah. So we, we do these little uh, racetrack events. Yeah. Sometimes we invite guests. Yes. Um, Corey, I think you've.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did have the pleasure. It was You'd, delightful. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm crying I, now. <laughs> Alex is jealous. Yeah, I told him all about Seica. Well, awesome. yeah, he was saying
0: he's a car guy. So, what,
2: what, what, what kind of car are you driving? Uh, I've got several, unfortunately, to my wife's uh, <laughs> <laughs> chagrin. There, but no, I've got. Um, I was doing a lot of uh, quarter mile, so I have a Supra, single turbo Supra for that. I've got a two uh, JZ, two JZ all <laughs> the way, baby. <laughs> baby. The
1: only where to go. I've
2: got a. Uh, so I wanted to really learn how to drive, and I have a Panamera, a Porsche Panamera. Nice. I took on the track several times and oh, okay. busted my tires and spent $5,000 on rotors and brakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I decided very after familiar. that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't go back to the track. <laughs> that doesn't go back to the track. So but I bought that's... a Boxster oh, to, there you do, go. to really learn how to drive uh-huh. and, and do you know, momentum. That's a momentum car. Momentum car. So I, I, my journey is just beginning awesome. on, on the racing, but I love it. Which, I love which it. Boxster? Uh, the, the original one, 97 oh, really? Boxster, nice. the first one, right? Because with that, you could actually go into a uh, spec, spec Boxster race. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I met a I met a guy. Actually, I gave him a lot of money because he was in the body shop. Uh, <laughs> the body shop guy <laughs> that does it, and he can fix it. So I actually saw him, a totally wrecked Boxster from nothing. And there's only certain shops that have the equipment. Because it's all aluminum, right? Aluminum frame. Yeah. You can stretch it back to spec to where you can actually Porsche would continue with the warranty oh wow so he showed me all that and i was like well i'm good because i just spent the five thousand dollars on the rotor and brakes yeah so i was like now nah, let me try to get to learn some more and hopefully aspire to be uh uh do the spec racing well with the maybe box.
0: maybe you should come out That's i know a, Corey, you were supposed to
1: i know i was out of country last the last <laughs> and then one.
0: something like i don't know you said you got brakes for your car co- oh dude the car co- it's gone nuts
1: <laughs> so it's uh yeah four four piston brimbos all four corners uh, all the interior uh but all, how many
0: inches uh, is it?
1: The rotors? Oh they're fourteen inch <laughs> rotors. They're big old big big boys. But but okay. it's also it's also a big beast of a car. It's a Pontiac uh-huh. G eight, so you need need a lot of stopping power. But I got track wheels and tires, got all the goodies. It's uh I'm actually okay, right, Well cage. no, I'm going I'm not caging in yet. Um, we actually found so I'm going to Sydney, Australia in November and I found a company that sells them there but they don't ship internationally, so I'm gonna buy it. And it's it's literally it's a bolt together kit that I can I'll be able to hopefully <laughs> we're still talking to get it back on the airplane. That's why, the that's why don't goal. you
0: just have someone build it for you? you it.
1: Well, because it's to, to have one custom built, I mean I know I live in Alabama and everything's yeah, cheap, but I was gonna say, like they still wanted they still wanted about a thousand fifteen hundred dollars more than what I could buy one for that's a bolt in. And then if you get the bolt in then it's all you know it's, because that, that that car's all that's an Aussie's car, right? So yeah, it's a whole bolt so in. Hold it. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll see what happens. It will be getting the cage soon enough, whether maybe I you can, bolt you can one in. can bring it out,
0: maybe. Maybe. I'll trailer we out to go, California. We'll play around. We'll get weird, mm-hmm. man. You know, maybe funny. you
1: can come out to... Now, I will say this. Seca's awesome. Uh-huh. Barber Motorsports Park is in my backyard, and that is one of only two uh-huh. F1 certified courses in the U.S.
2: Koda being the one in Austin, which yeah. is... Okay. Which is awesome, which is where the F1 event is. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or we could all just meet in Austin. That'd yeah.
2: be... Austin is good. It,
0: to me, it's all about getting a car. Like, I I would love to bring my car out there. I just, trailering it. Yeah. Dude, I'm, a, I'm a wimp, man. And all then, right. like, it's my wife's car that's the trailering car. Oh, for, the pull, the tow yeah. vehicle? Yeah, tow vehicle. So, and tell us about got, your
1: cars. We didn't hear this yet, yeah. though. Oh, my car. Yeah. So,
0: well, I, my daily driver is it. a, I'm a 5.0 guy, 5.0. Yeah. It's a 2012. It's, it's Ragtail basically, down so your hair no, can blow. I know. <laughs> so, I used, to ha- I used to have, like, one of the OG ones oh, really? way back Eyes in the day. F body or Fox body, um, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a 2012. It's it's got like suspension. That that's about it. Yeah. But then my track toy, because I got tired of beating it up and showing up, like squeaky brakes, because you got to put the race pads on. Oh, that's yeah. right. Um, wearing out tires. <laughs> yeah. So I got a little uh, Lotus Seven replica. So if oh, you don't nice. know what that is, it's basically like a Caterham. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for big boys. Yep. Um, so it's like a, a asymmetric cockpit, and then it has an S2000 drivetrain. Really? So it, it weighs somewhere around fourteen to fifteen hundred pounds and puts out like one eighty nine at the wheel. That's fast. It's actually not not a lot of horsepower. No,
2: but it, it's, but not a lot of weight either. That's yeah. the issue, oh. right? And That's high, the, revving, so, high, too. high revving. High yeah. revving. So to give
0: you an idea of, it corners pretty well. Maybe okay. <laughs> yeah, you think? So I had I had it out at this little like you know road course called Thunderhill West up, up in uh, the Bay Area, yeah, um, San Francisco Bay Area, just outside of there. Um, and there were guys in their Camaro uh zl1 one le's you know the oh, fancy yeah. with the fancy suspension the and, bad one, yeah. and like race tires and i'm in that thing and i can go around them on the outside yeah. everywhere it's it's stupid yeah. really it, it, like it, it's almost like go-kart hurt hurt your body yeah. type thing there's just so much jesus pulls and so you you see like you know top gear and you watch like the stig and the cater him and like how it's unfair it really is that unfair really yeah, yeah.
1: that's awesome man. it's
0: fun but i want to throw that thing out. i'll just show up and
1: We'll, I'll just make we'll you drive second. your car. Well, let's do this. Let's, let's just do, we'll do it. No, we we'll go, we'll, we'll <laughs> go, go to Seca. Well, actually, that's the funny thing. So a bunch of the dudes showed up, and I won't mention names for the to keep those safe. But a bunch of the dudes showed up in the um, uh, Hertz did that uh, that GTH, the Hertz yeah, yeah, rental, yeah. like the yeah. revival of the Hertz rental racer. Yeah. But they showed up, and the brakes were you know they were garbage. Shot. So, but the w- one thing that they, we did in Seca, uh, at Laguna Seca in California was you can rent Miatas. So I I rented a, a spec Miata. Uh, for That's the cool. for the day, and it was incredible. Momentum car, right? Momentum You're, car. Yeah. People better lift when I come past you because <laughs> there's yeah. no horsepower with, with my big body and 104 <laughs> horsepower Miata. Yeah, uh, but it, but it sure is fun. Those things are like I
0: I never had the chance to to drive one until um, actually one at one of our events. Mm-hmm. So I'm fortunate to be like the the program shepherd. Yeah. Um, and so I get to go to all of them, obviously. Yeah. Um, but one of our Former one of my former bosses, he he used to race spec Miatas. He apparently he won like his class or something. Like really, that's cool. He's kind of yeah. kind of pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't really know. We just I always jabbered back and forth, and we go do like go karting, and like he was clearly faster than me, way fast. I'm I don't <laughs> proclaim to be fast guy, but then I yep. got in with him and I. I saw the light about how fast those things can go, and they're they're amazing. Yeah, yeah they're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing cars. California,
2: but, California is such a great place, though. If you like racing, I mean, oh, you yeah. can just go up and down, and so many tracks, and yeah. the, the culture there too, right? I mean, it's so it's so different. The culture <laughs> thing, you know, it's, it's 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 funny.
0: Like, you know, these events. Like I talk about, hey, you guys should come <laughs> out and come, you know, come come check yeah. check out what what happens, and let's drive cars, let's talk about them. There is this thing like. Like, we've been doing these events for a while, and, like, I saw this article, and I think it was, uh, it wasn't New York Times, but it was posted. It was about, uh, like, how all these people in our business, they go to these car events, and they drive drive around, and it's, mm-hmm. like, kind of an exclusive thing. It's, like, well, no, this is just part of our culture. This is, like, this is a thing. This is why we get along. This is why we're, like, yeah. oh, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, what'd you do there? Oh, well, I'm modifying my STI or, you yeah. know, like, who knows what a 2JZ is. I, yeah. Apparently, I do. Nerds. <laughs> car nerds yeah that's but it's it's cool that like there's this this culture aspect and uh those events are are an opportunity to go like really really uh cultivate it yeah so it's it's
1: uh, a lot to get you guys out well cool man well hey simon i want to say thank you for being on the show this was awesome car talk data talk all things splunk at splunk conf. we will send out a a note about your session so we want folks to uh, that are here at conf go check it out and then uh we will be uh We'll be inviting you back sometime real soon to keep this chat going, buddy. Thank you so much for your time, Simon.